are you? I'm good. How are you? How's the smoke? Uh, per- basically perfectly clear here. Wow, really? Yeah. It's just God's judgment. Portland. <laughs> yeah. Honestly. Horrible. Oh, I forgot to tell you. Just, you know, first date with that guy, you know, the setup. Yes. <laughs> he asks me, <laughs> are you... Are you more Calvinistic or Arminian? <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, this is the love of my life. No, oh, that's so funny. So what do you answer? Oh, I said a mix. Like, I think it's a mix of predestination and free will. I don't think it's one or the other. And he agreed with me. Like, wow, I love So are you going to marry so, this guy? Yes, I am, actually. I'm pretty positive. Did the date the go really good? We're on to date five now. Are you being serious? No. Yeah, yeah, I'm being serious. Yeah. No way. Yeah. And we, this is like in the span of the past two weeks. And like, yeah, it's like getting serious pretty fast. Like it's legit. I know. I was trying, I wasn't really saying anything and just trying not to get excited about it for a bit there. But no, now I'm getting excited. Like now I can get excited. So yeah, I'm excited. He's older than both you and Jordan, but that's okay. What's his name again? It's a good name. I it like is. that name. It's a good solid name. So, yeah, that's anyways. so fun. Good. I'm Yay. excited for you. Mm-hmm. I hope it works out. Yeah, me too. I'm done with it not working. Out. <laughs> <laughs> Time to get more serious. Mm-hmm. Are you scared? Scared how? Scared like, like I'm... is there a little bit of you that's scared? That it will work out. No, I want it to work out so bad. I'm scared that it's gonna end up, like, being super painful for me. So. Just in case it doesn't? Yeah. Because, like, you know, that's always been what's happened. Or, like, I'll be more into it than the other person is. And I literally, like, have no idea that they don't feel the same way. And then, you know, it's just super painful when that happens. But I think we're on the same page. And, like, I don't know. It's pretty official. But um, we'll see. Fingers crossed. Well, we're talking about our top five most influential books not necessarily our favorites, maybe our favorites, but mostly ones that have actually like really affected our lives and made us change something. So those happen to be my favorites, though, too. They're also your favorites. <laughs> yeah, I think maybe mine, too, mm-hmm. except for a couple. Why don't you go first? OK, are we just starting? We're just going into it. Well, do we think we need any more preamble? No, no, it's good. I'm good. I'm ready. Okay. By the way, I have more preamble. Oh, what's your pre? Oh, you do? Yeah. Ready? Tell me. You look really cute. Oh, thank you. I'm wearing. <laughs> I'm, I'm wearing all Mons' sweatshirt. <laughs> a little messed up there, but it's comfy and it's smoky here, so it looks like a rainy day. Like I'm in a rainy day mood where I'm in like my leggings. And... Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, thank you. You look cute too. Maybe it's the glow of love. Yes, I think it may be. <laughs> okay, are we ready now? Sure. Can I keep this okay. in the podcast? 
Yeah, go for it. <laughs> okay. Oh, <laughs> on a side note, uh-huh. my nephew Brayden, he told me, you guys, I do not want to listen to you two giggle. <laughs> He's like, <laughs> he said it's way too much when you two are just laughing. Yep, that is that is a good point. <laughs> so funny. I think it's cute. I do too. And I said my favorite podcasts are just these three chicks that sit there and laugh at each other. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. Now I'm done. Okay. Let's get down to business. Number five for me would be Anna Karenina. Ooh. Okay. No surprise there. I think that it's just the entire story. You haven't read it, have you? I haven't. Can you give me a short summary? Okay. That's going to be difficult. It's a very long book. Long story short is it's about a love affair. Where this super classy lady is married to this guy who's super high in Russian government. And, like, you know, they're fine. They have a son together. But then she meets this other guy. And they, you know, fall madly in love. And it's just this passionate affair. And I don't know. I don't want to spoil the ending. But it's a, it, it's a tragic, okay. tragic story. But it's really good. So how did this book change your life? It's just a super, super powerful story. I think it's just the author is trying to compare human nature and God's grace. It follows kind of two separate stories. There, It follows Anna Karenina's story. And hers is a story of human nature and giving in to the passions of sin and just following human nature. And then the other one, oh my gosh, I can't remember the character's name. It's been a while since I've read it, but it's about this guy who lives like the simple farmer life. And he, his whole life has just always been very practical and has never believed in God or anything, but it's like God is pursuing him throughout the entire story. And Um, It ends with a scene with him kind of coming to a knowledge of who God is. And it's just one of the most powerful endings to any story because it tells Anna's ending, but it also tells this guy's ending and it's super powerful. I love it. So it just makes you think a lot about who God is, I guess, and who we are as humans. Hmm. How many pages is it? I want to say it's over a thousand, so it's not too long, but it's long enough for sure. And it's by Tolstoy, right? Yes, it is. I just, I think it's definitely one that, it's a very heavy read, so if you're looking for something light to make you feel happy, I would not recommend it. It's a very conflicting story that just, it like weighs really heavy on your heart the whole time, and you really have to come into it with the right perspective as you read it, or it's just going to make you super angry. Like, you have to come into it understanding that Tolstoy is comparing human nature and God's grace. Okay. So, yeah. Interesting. I will probably need to add that to my list. My reading list is years long. All All right, right. so my number five book is The Proper Care and Feeding of Husbands. (laughs) I love that name. 
by Dr. Laura Schlesinger. This book, the name just says what it is. That <laughs> husbands are simple. Like, that. they aren't quite pets. <laughs> oh, dear. But they are, men are really simple creatures. And so her point is, it is simple to care for them. So it just lays out very, very concrete, simple, everyday things that will make your marriage better. And this is, this applies if you've been married 50 years or you're even dating. I would recommend this if you're a teenager because just getting some proper expectations on a marriage and trying to get rid of all the feminist crap that mm -hmm. we are just constantly inundated with in our yes. culture of, you know, the. I mean, naturally, women always think they're right. But I remember one of the things that was quite one sentence. I can't think of the right word. But she said something along the lines of, don't treat him like he's stupid because you probably didn't marry someone stupid because that would mean you were stupid. So don't treat him like he's stupid. <laughs> and just okay. really, she is super straightforward. And I really like that. I really need somebody to just smack me in the rear end and say, this is the way it is. Knock it off. Yep. Tell you as it is. Yeah. So that is my number five because mm -hmm. it has greatly, it made my life a lot better. So then like as I'm starting out a serious relationship, you'd recommend I read it? I would. Now instead of later? Yes. Okay. What's it called again? The Proper Care and Feeding of Husbands. <laughs> <laughs> it's only like a 200-page oh. book, if I recall. It's it's really short. Okay. Also, have you heard of the site Thrift Books? Yes, I love that site. Yeah, you could probably get it for like $2. Mm -hmm. I, yeah, I just bought a car, so I'm literally not spending any money because mm -hmm. I have to wait till I can actually... Books aren't on the market right now, even $2 books, unfortunately. That's fair. That's fair. <laughs> yep. I'm a poor barista who just got back from France. I've been broke. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's all I have to say about that book. Okay. For me, I would say number four is the Red Sparrow series. I cannot remember who it is by right now. The first and second book specifically, the third one is great until the end, and then it's the worst ending in book history. But, first of all, these books had me absolutely hooked, like they were just the amazing writing. But I also, again, I don't know, I like books that really display human nature, um, and I think that these ones were super powerful in demonstrating that. And just showing, like, the epitome of human nature. I don't know. I just, it was really good and Is a it really dark? powerful story. It's very dark. Also, I just looked it up. It's by Jason Matthews. Thank you. Yeah, very, very dark, but super good. And I think for me, it was more impactful just because of the writing and his writing style. Because it's really inspired me to be, because I write a lot and it's really inspired me to be a better author when I'm sitting down and working on my books or my short stories and stuff just in the way he writes so yeah hmm. 
but I would highly recommend it. It is not a book for children to read at all. Yeah. But it is really good. And um, Jason Matthew, because it's about a CIA agent, a Russian double agent. And the thing about Jason Matthews is that's literally what he did. Like he was a CIA agent on ground in countries like Russia or in the Middle East and stuff like that for something like 35 years. So he writes having full knowledge of what it's like to be in the situation that all the characters are in. So it's very good. Hmm. Interesting. Problem with, with this series is that the last three pages are just so horrible it might ruin everything for you because i know that you're kind of big on endings like is it a bad ending like it doesn't work with the story or is it a tragic ending uh, it's just a tragic ending like it's really powerful it's just kind of tragic and then it's written from worldly perspective like it's not written through the lens that jesus is the savior of all and so it's kind of like it ends and you're kind of just like what's the point of it all like what is the point to all of this happening there's no point yeah so that's kind of, that's okay. kind of how the ending left me feeling hmm. just because i invested so much of my heart and soul into the characters <laughs> in this book and stuff and then i get to the end and i'm like what <laughs> but i mean it's really good either way so if you want to be entertained definitely read it. Do you get wrapped up enough in books that it can noticeably affect your mood not even when you're not reading it? 1000%. Yes. I get so invested into the characters if I'm like hooked to the story. It's it's bad. (laughs) Have you cried throughout any of these books? Yes, I sobbed. Okay. On several different occasions in these in this Hmm. trilogy. Are you an easy crier? Um, no. Well, okay, so when I'm talking to human beings, I am not <laughs> Who else emotional. Who are you talking to? <laughs> <laughs> you'll, you'll see where I'm going with this, okay? Okay. Um, I'm not, like, an emotional person at all. I really hide my feelings. I don't, like, I keep my feelings to myself. And so I think stuff like books and songs and stuff is a big outlet for me Hmm. and so that's why I like super emotional and tragic books and super emotional songs is because it's like that's my outlet where I can like let my feelings kind of flow or like connect with something that reflects how I'm feeling in a situation or something I don't know yeah (laughs) that's fair that's fair the only book that I can get somewhat affected normally it won't translate throughout my day like once I put the book down I can also put the emotion down but when I read Wuthering Heights is it by Charlotte Bronte or Emily Bronte oh gosh I just have to think of what who Jane Eyre is by and And then it's the other one Yeah, I don't know which one. I I think it's Emily. I'm 60% sure it's Emily. I think so. That is the one book that really oh. depressed me. Emily, yep. Yeah. That one is not on my honorable mentions because of the dark pit of despair it put me in. It, yeah, it's very um, 
very dark. But yeah, I actually, that was the last English book I read when I was in France before I left. So I don't know. I didn't read it that long ago, but it was definitely didn't put me in a good place. (laughs) Yeah. Is it my turn? Yes. What is your number four? My number four is 1984 by George Mm. Orwell. I want to read that one so bad. I highly recommend it. I don't want to talk extensively about it because if you want to hear someone talk about it really well, I would just go listen to the episode that came out today called No Son, You Can't Take Your Star Wars Toys to Heaven. Tom Falasco talked about 1984 Mm. for a long time and he's very eloquent and so you should just go listen to him. Mm -hmm. But I am of the personality where I... Well, I am libertarian, which is basically just government, get out of my face. I don't want anything to do with you. And so any book that kind of is about that, I'm just going to like because I'm predisposed to like it. But this was really influential about language and how it changes and how you can use language to manipulate people and also what it would take to make you give up on all of your convictions and just give in. Mm -hmm. So it really, it makes you think, and I don't want to spoil the ending because McKenna, you just need to read it. Mm -hmm. But I plan to, I read animal farm, which is also by George Orwell. And I really enjoyed that one. It was, it really makes you think, Mm -hmm. have you read that one? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. That one is super good. Yeah. I have that on my list. I have, I also have a very long list of books, but I should probably read that one before it gets banned. So, (laughs) good call. Good call. I'll push it up to the top. (laughs) Yeah. That's all I have to say about that one. Okay. Number three. Okay. Number three for me is. Bridge to Haven by Francine Rivers. Never heard of it? I have not. I have heard of Francine Rivers. If we're talking about authors, she is all time my, like, the most influential author in my life, and I love her writing Hmm. so much. Bridge to Haven is just, I don't know, it's close to my heart just because I have so many people in my life who just they know who God is but they just run and run and run from him and that's kind of what this story is about is just running from God because you can't accept his grace kind of I don't know um Mm -hmm. and so I just love it because it really gives me hope for the people I know who are running like that it's a really great story keeps you hooked the whole time And it just, I don't know, it has, like, I really like the vibe to it. I know, I just use the word vibe to describe a book. That's kind of sad. But, I don't know, it just has a cool vibe. I don't know how to describe it, really, but I really enjoy it. So, I've read that one a few times. Hmm. Has Mm -hmm. this led to any tangible changes in your life? Like, changing how you act or think? Or is it more of the hope that you already mentioned? Um, it's really taught me to pray more, I think. It really 
does a good job of showing the power of prayer. Um, so, I don't know, that's it. Is that all you have to say about that one? Yeah, pretty much. How about you? What's number three for you? Number three, 12 Rules for Life by Jordan Peterson. Ding, 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 ding. I was thinking about adding a sound effect for every time the word Jordan Peterson comes out of my mouth. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> uh, this one should come as no surprise to anyone who knows me or has listened to any of the previous episodes. Because I'm sure he's come up in each of them. This book is really simple and concrete. It's essentially a self-help book. But it's much deeper than that because he explains a lot of the psychology behind a lot of these things. So, for example, chapter one and rule number one is stand up straight with your shoulders back. And he spends <laughs> the entire chapter just describing the... And he believes in evolution. And so he's mm -hmm. using... <laughs> and this is just so funny. Is he a believer or... He's not. He is like... A centimeter away from being a Christian. He is right <laughs> on the edge. But he he uses the entire chapter to basically talk about lobsters. <laughs> <laughs> Which is so ridiculous. But what he's explaining is that apparently humans have really sim similar nervous systems to lobsters. So he was he's <laughs> using lobsters as an what? example. <laughs> Okay. Well, and, and the point is that how they posture themselves literally changes your brain chemistry. So hmm. when you're depressed, you're more likely to sit with your shoulders hunched and down. Hmm. And that only accentuates the depression. And it hmm. literally changes your brain chemistry. So standing up straight in a positive and confident posture will change your chemistry to make you hmm. more positive. But little actions like that can really change hmm. how you behave and how you feel. Another rule is to take care of yourself as if you were someone you were responsible for helping. Hmm. So you, McKenna, if you were going through something and for some reason I was kind of in charge of helping you get through it, I would take care to do it well. Mm -hmm. So similarly, I should learn how to take care of myself as if I'm responsible for myself, which I am. And just really good stuff, incredibly tangible. I mean, and rule 12, I can't forget rule 12, is whenever you encounter a cat on the street, stop to pet it. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> and it's funny, but the point is that, you know, it doesn't mean anything if you if a dog lets you pet it whatever, mm -hmm. but a, a cat letting you pet it is a thing that should be noticed and that you need to stop and take some inventory and notice the good things in life. Mm -hmm. So I love that. Yeah. I want to read that. It's an incredibly helpful book and mm -hmm. you will learn way more about lobsters than you ever, <laughs> <laughs> than you ever thought oh you wanted. Well, I'll I love psychology, and I don't know. It sounds very interesting. I definitely want to read that one. So, yeah. If I only can get one person to read 12 Rules for Life. I will. I promise you, I will. <laughs> <laughs> I'm 
Okay, number two. <laughs> okay. Oh, okay. Okay. Get a hold of Number yourself. two would be The Best Yes by Lissa Terkurs, which is the one sort of nonfiction book that made it on my list. So So what's this one about? This is about back background information. I am a terrible decision maker. I stress about every little decision. Mm-hmm. And this book is about making your decisions based upon what God's called you to do and God's calling for your life. And it's definitely one of the most influential books I've ever read. It's helped me so much just with my walk with God and my decision making and anxiety and issues like that. I would highly recommend it. Lisa is an amazing author. She's super personal with all of the books that she writes. Um, She has tons of super good books like that, all kind of self-help books, but they're also more Bible studies. She's really great, though, and she takes lots of examples from her own personal life, and she's super raw and vulnerable with everyone, which I love because it helps you connect more with what she's trying to, or the points she's trying to make and stuff like that. Hmm. What other books has she written? She's written It's Not Supposed to Be This Way, Uninvited. I have she's, heard of all of these yeah. books. She She's an amazing author. She's in charge of Proverbs 31 Ministries. Oh. Yeah. Interesting. So I have to be honest, I am an incredibly jaded and cynical person. And so <laughs> a lot of Christian books, and especially, apparently I'm a sexist person, I'm just realizing... <laughs> Especially Christian books that are written by women. It's just that I literally cannot relate to them. I get that. They feel really trite. And (gasps) I don't generally like them. I just thought of a book you should read, though. Okay. That I think you would like. And that is? Loving God with All Your Minds by Elizabeth George. I think you'd like it. I won't go into it. I just thought of that one right now. I might, because Um, I'm a much more of a mind person than a feelings person. Yeah, it's, it's very good. So my number two is The Righteous Mind by Jonathan Haidt. This is a nonfiction. I've only read it once, and I will probably not explain it well because I need to read it again. It, it has a lot in it. So this came out a few years ago. This guy, he was a Democrat. And I think he was setting out to just kind of discredit Republicans and journalism mm-hmm. and stuff like that. But then when he actually got to listening to Republicans and people like Glenn Beck or maybe like, I don't know, Tucker Carlson, people on Fox News, he realized that people come to their decisions, their political decisions and their moral decisions based on they want to be a good person. People Mm -hmm. want to be good people for the most part. And you actually have make a gut feeling Mm -hmm. and then you reason 
and find evidence specifically to back up the gut feeling. But it starts with a feeling. Mm-hmm. And that Republicans and Democrats have completely different ideas of how they come to decisions about policy and things of that nature. And like, if you just kind of understand that you both want good things, but you're just coming at it from different angles, you Mm -hmm. can understand each other a lot more. For sure. And a lot of what makes a Republican or a Democrat is personality. Mm -hmm. And this was highly influential. I am generally the most liberal person in my family and I'm not even liberal, (laughs) but this has just really opened my eyes. And this is part of what has really helped me in making this podcast is that I realize I need to understand why people come to the decisions they come to because they just aren't doing it willy nilly. People have reasons for what they believe and what they think. And Mm -hmm. it might be an experience. It might be that they had trauma. It could just be, Maybe they haven't thought about it super deeply, but it's still interesting to me why they got there. Mm -hmm. So I found this incredibly helpful for being more graceful and understanding towards other people and much more Mm open-minded. Yeah, that sounds really interesting. I already like it because I like that perspective and that's kind of the perspective I like to take. So, yeah. Yeah. Okay, that's all I have to say about that one. Okay, are we on number one? Yes. This is also my all-time favorite story. Um, I like it's hard for me to rate what are the most influential, like because these have all influenced me in very different ways. So, like, I just put this one as like number one because it's also my all-time favorite book is The Count of Monte Cristo. First of all, I think it is a literary masterpiece. It Mm -hmm. is amazing. There's never been anything written like it, nor will there ever be anything written like it again. But it also just, it's what really started my intrigue with France Hmm. and like curiosity about Europe and wanting to go abroad and stuff. Um, Because I just really liked the way that the author described France, I guess. And so from there, that's really what sparked my curiosity with it. And I think like that was like, it built up from there until I finally decided to move over there. You know, France changed my life. And so that just it holds a really big impact for me. And then also, again, it's just a really cool story that does a good job of comparing and contrasting what a life that is filled with God's grace and forgiveness looks like versus a life that's empty and void and that can't be forgiven and full of bitterness yeah exactly it's just it's such a powerful story and again i get super attached to all of the characters and so it just makes me feel it even more deeply and stuff so i don't know that's definitely my all-time favorite book all-time most influential book i love it Right now I'm reading, um, oh my gosh, English. Oh, never mind, it's in French anyways. (laughs) I'm reading Les Miserables um, right now, so I don't have time for any other books because that one I think is actually longer than Le Comte de Monte Cristo. (laughs) Yes, I read a slightly abridged version of Les Mis. It was still really long, but I think it was shortened Mm -hmm. a little bit. 
Yeah. And it's it's a great story. No, th- this is the unabridged version, and it's it's unabridged. It's very <laughs> very long. It's a commitment. I am definitely making a big commitment by choosing to read this book. But you know, once you start something, you gotta finish it. It's a great story. Love it. He's an amazing writer. So I mean, it's good. I'll finish it eventually, probably next year because of school and stuff. <laughs> How much time are you able to read every day? I don't technically have time to read every single day. When I do find time, I don't know, I'll read for like an hour or something like that. Mm-hmm. I Yeah, I'm a busy woman. <laughs> yeah. I am really struggling lately to have enough focus to sit down and read. I have a lot of mm-hmm. things that I'm interested in. And I feel like my mind's just skipping from thing to thing. And I have a hard time just sitting and thinking about what I'm actually reading. Mm-hmm. I only read, I, I don't know, 20 to 30 minutes a day. I mm-hmm. just am so scattered most of the time. And this podcast, I get this podcast takes most of my time. Honestly. Oh, wow. Really? Yeah. If I'm not working yeah. or cleaning, I'm podcasting. <laughs> Hence, that's why I couldn't be your co-host all the time, because I just yeah, yeah. literally do not have the time. So yeah, kudos to you. <laughs> hey, this is what no college gets you. Yeah. It gets you wishing you went to college. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, college is cool. I'm enjoying it. I just am tired of it. And I'm like, wow, this is my life for the next three years. Yay! Yeah. But it's okay. I don't know. It'll be done. Then I'll get married and never work again. I'm kidding. I'll work. But. <laughs> I look back and I just don't know what would have been best. Because when I was graduating, I was not interested in in a single one of the things that I am really into these days. Mm-hmm. So. I wouldn't have known to major in psychology or sociology or something like that. Mm-hmm. I would it wouldn't have been on my radar. For sure. So I don't know if it would have been that helpful for me to go to college when I was eighteen. I also did not want to commit to playing golf for four more years. Oh yeah. For sure. Alright, so my number one, you're gonna laugh. Mm-hmm. What do you think my number one is? The Can Monte Cristo. <laughs> <laughs> I'm joking. No. No, it is The Hunger Games. Oh, that and surprises me. Now, I decided to put it at my number one because it so dramatically changed the tra- trage- yeah, the trajectory surprises me. of my of my thinking and my reading. Mm-hmm. It is not the deepest book I've ever read. It was just the first book that captured my attention. Hmm. And it really did change a lot of the next choices that I made as far as books to read that hmm. really did change my life, like reading Jordan Peterson mm-hmm. and reading 1984. So that's mm-hmm. why it's number one, is because it caused the most change. Hmm. That's cool, though. Yeah. I love when there's books like that where it just like changes your entire tra- blah, 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 trajectory. <laughs> It's a hard what you word read. to say for some reason. It is a hard word to say. <sighs> yeah, so there's that. That Yeah, The Count of Monte Cristo actually is kind of the book that did that for me too. And it like changed the way I look at books and the way I like to read and the types of books I like to read. So I definitely get yeah. that. 
How old were you when you read that for the first time? I'd say 14. That's insane. Yeah. I cannot believe the (laughs) level of content that you read. (laughs) I love reading. I'm an avid reader. (laughs) What do you think your IQ is? It's got to be, like, I don't know what IQ means, but, like, 120, (laughs) I assume. (sighs) For the comprehension of these books. I have no idea what my IQ is. (laughs) Maybe we should do an episode where we take a personality test and do an IQ test. I love that. I don't know if it would necessarily be my IQ. I think I have really high emotional intelligence. Have you read that book about emotional intelligence? No, what's it called? Honorable mention. It's called Emotional Intelligence. Yep, let me just make sure I'm getting this right. But that one's really good. That one's about our emotional intelligence versus, like, IQ. Hold up. Yeah, it's Emotional Intelligence 2.0 by Travis Bradbury and Gene Greaves. Hmm. Yeah. Interesting. So, add that one to your list. Okay. (sighs) So, let's just rapid fire our honorable mentions, and I'll just give a quick blurb for each one. I won't talk very long, I promise. Okay. That's the reason they're honorable mentions. So, number (laughs) one is the Bonhoeffer biography. This is one of the biggest reasons I am absolutely not a pacifist. Hmm. That's just number one. He's incredibly inspiring, and you like to think, oh, Christians are just, they're just peacemakers. No, this guy saw evil and made steps Mm. to stop it. He tried to assassinate Hitler many times. (laughs) But he also was, like, reading psalms while he was in prison camp. He's he's legit. Cool, dude. (laughs) Uh, Next one is Unoffendable by Brant Hansen. This Mm -hmm. is about having an attitude where you just don't get angry at people. And you forgive people. And it makes your life better and... Honestly, it's like one of the few things in Christianity that points to this is what you need to do to be saved. It's God gave you forgiveness and it says mm-hmm. if you don't extend that to others, then you didn't get it. Mm-hmm. You really didn't get what the forgiveness meant. And if Jesus died on that cross to forgive you, there is nothing that anyone has done to you worse than that Hmm. you can forgive it so that's that and then uh the velt by ray bradbury yes it's spelled yes 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 yes. (laughs) it's spelled v-e-l-d-t it's a short story google it it's a 20 minute read there's free pdfs so this guy was writing like in the 50s before technology was a thing Mm -hmm. and he got technology and what it would be and he got the he emptiness did. that it would bring. <laughs> Go read it. That's all I'm going to say. 10 out of 10 recommend. That that was one of my honorable mentions, too. Oh, so. awesome. Cool. Yes. Okay, <laughs> your turn. Oh, boy. Okay. Dracula. Oh. Is shocking. A very interesting book that I would argue is an extremely creative telling of the gospel. Oh. Read it. Read it with that in mind and you will see. Another one is The Way I See It. I cannot remember who it is by. It was written a while ago, but it's like 
it takes a bunch of questions that people have based on their wor- worldview. And it is like, okay, when you put on the lens and you look through the world through a Christian perspective, it shows you the way that you see all these issues that come up in life. It's really cool. I like that book. Um, and then the one I told you about earlier, Loving God with All Your Mind by Elizabeth George. Hmm. 10 out of 10 recommend. And yeah, that's it for me. Very cool. Mm-hmm. It's interesting that you picked a lot more fiction than I did. Mm-hmm. I think I think it's because I am a storyteller. And so it's like, I, I just, I do not enjoy nonfiction. I like being able to dig into the hearts of the authors and the characters in different stories and really pick out the meaning from that. And so I think that's why fiction is so influential for me. So, Mm. yeah. And I feel like you're a lot more like, I don't know. I'm a lot more (laughs) dumb is the word you're you're looking for. (laughs) So I have a very difficult time with art. I just am black and white enough and don't quite have an imagination enough. I don't quite know what it is. But I do have a really t- hard time with things that aren't pretty concrete. So I enjoy fiction because it, it can be an escape from the world. But it's not... I just don't get these big deep things out of mm-hmm. out of it like you do. It's mm-hmm. purely entertainment for me when I read fiction for the most part. No, I literally, this is sad. (laughs) I have like (laughs) journals of my notes from all the books that I read. Huh. And the different things I pick up from all of them. And then like when I finished writing or reading The Count of Monte Cristo, I sat down and wrote like a 20 page paper about why it was about a certain thing. (laughs) I wonder if I really systematically sat down and wrote about what I was getting from the book. I would recommend it. Like, it takes Hmm. a lot of time, but especially with difficult reads, it really helps you to understand it better. Hmm. And, like, it really, I don't know, you learn a lot about the characters and the authors through doing that, I feel like. And, I don't know. That's really interesting. I've never heard of anyone doing that. Hmm. I learned it. For not school books. Yeah, I learned it from my freshman year language arts teacher. That's yeah. super cool. I am all fired up to go downstairs and read a book. <laughs> I'm all fired up to go eat dinner. Because <laughs> you know my family. Dinner's oh, yeah. ready, but it wasn't ready in time for me. So That's fair. <laughs> I'm going to go eat. Well, thank you for <laughs> skipping dinner or at least oh, postponing it. Anytime. <laughs> this has been fun. I... Yes. Love talking to you. Love talking to you, too. This is cheesy. (laughs) (laughs) All right, we better end this before it gets any more cheesy. Okay. Well, you have a great weekend. I'm sure I'll talk to you soon. Um, I will talk to you soon. When you need to escape from the smoke, you can come over here. All right. I might take you up on that when I'm not working. All right. When they close the coffee shop because of the smoke. Is it really that bad? It's bad. Dutch Brothers closed because of the smoke. Is um, it because they just don't want the employees outside there, like well, by yeah. the windows? Well, it's it? like even I'm inside, but my throat is still sore. 
I haven't wow. been outside all day, but it's just the air quality is so bad. It's wow. insane. Yeah. Love you. All right. Love you too. I will talk to you soon. Okay. Goodbye. Bye. <laughs> <laughs>